Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host. And today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Happy Thursday, faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you for tuning in this morning for an episode out of Mark. We will be discussing Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. As I always do, I'll be reading a W.E.B. version of the Bible. So grab your Bible and your cup of coffee and let's just jump right in. He went out again by the seaside. All the multitudes came to him and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. He said to him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. He was reclining at the table in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners sat down with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. The scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and asked him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, Can the groomsmen fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can't fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the patch shrinks, and the new tears away from the old, and the whole is made worse. No one puts a new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the skins, and the wines will pour out, and the skins will be destroyed. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins." As I was reading this, I had a better understanding of what Jesus is talking about in verses 20 through 22 than I think I've ever had before. And I love it when I get those kinds of uh, confirmations. But anyway, in verse 13, it says that Jesus went out again from the city. So he was in Capernaum when we were talking on Tuesday when he healed the paralytic man. But now he left Capernaum and he was over by the seaside. And of course, he couldn't enter into cities. His ministry was hindered by that other guy, that leprous guy that Jesus had healed who went out and basically spread everything about Jesus and uh, kind of, in a sense, uh, hindered Jesus's ministry. So Jesus couldn't enter into cities anymore because of everything. And so Jesus couldn't teach in the cities anymore. And that was Jesus's main goal in the first place was to come and to spread the good news and obviously to die on the cross for us. But he couldn't teach in the cities anymore. So he was often out in the wilderness or by the sea or on the beach or something like that. So Jesus leaves Capernaum once again, and he goes to the seaside. And it says that all these multitudes came after him and he taught them. So Jesus was doing his ministry in a way that people could come and visit him and hear him preach. So it says later on that uh, he passed by a tax collecting booth. So after he 
teaches the multitudes, he leaves again, and he's traveling, and he passes by this tax collector's booth. And it says that he sees this guy named Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. Now, this was Matthew, and uh, he had two names, as many people in the Bible often have. For example, Abram became Abraham, uh, Simon became Peter, uh, John became Mark. <laughs> so this guy, Levi, was also Matthew. And Matthew wrote the book of Matthew that we just finished a couple weeks ago. So this guy, Matthew, was a tax collector. And he was very, very um, good, probably at speaking and at writing. He would have to be to be a tax collector. And he was probably very uh, mathematical as well. Now, tax collectors were absolutely hated by the Jewish people, especially if they were Jews, which Matthew was, in fact, a Jew. So Jewish people hated tax collectors, especially if they're Jewish, because the tax collectors would often take more than the tax really was. So this was a get-rich-quick kind of thing, and everybody wanted to be a tax collector. This was a very sought-after position because it was a way for them to get rich really, really fast. And Matthew was probably one of the guys that did, in fact, get rich by exploiting people and charging more than the tax actually was. And then at that point, the tax collector could take the extra money that uh, they charged the people and take it all for themselves. And the Romans didn't care. They could care less about this. They just wanted their tax money and they couldn't care less about the people. And <laughs> the tax collectors would often take more than what the tax actually was. And Matthew was, was likely one of these people as well. Now, if you ever saw the Chosen series, I just love the way they portray Matthew as uh, <laughs> he's just so relatable to me. I just love Matthew in the Chosen series. He's hilarious, super OCD and wants everything to be clean. And uh, he's hilarious. I love it. And um, and I kind of picture Matthew as that particular character as well, as someone who, who knew maybe a little bit about Jesus's ministry, was sick of being a tax collector, was sick of being excommunicated, which was true. I mean, Jewish people who are tax collectors were excommunicated. They were um, pushed out. They were loners. You know, people hated them. And so they weren't even allowed in the temple anymore or the synagogue. So Matthew was was very likely one of these people who was excommunicated from the Jewish uh, religion. So when Jesus, who is this rabbi, calls to Matthew, you can imagine Matthew was like me. You want me? I'm a tax collector. And maybe he was just tired of the way people treated him and how he was unable to, uh, you know, do anything. And then he was ex excommunicated. So, I mean, he it, there could have been a lot of stuff going on here as to why Matthew or Levi here just chose to follow Jesus. And maybe he knew of Jesus's ministry and was interested in it. Who knows? But uh, Levi leaves his tax collecting business and follows Jesus, knowing that Jesus has the truth. Jesus has something that is going to fulfill him more than just the riches of being a tax collector. Jesus has joy and fulfillment. And Matthew or Levi here very much knew that. So he leaves behind his tax collecting booth <laughs> to follow Jesus. And he would not have been able to go back to that life. You have to understand that this was a permanent loss 
of a position because the second Matthew left or Levi here, second he left his booth, that would have been fulfilled by somebody else because the Romans needed their taxes. And it was a very, um, like I said before, people wanted that position because it was a get rich quick scheme, basically. <laughs> so it says here that um, that Levi in the verse 14, it says that Levi decided to uh, have this dinner party and he invites all of his tax collector friends because the only people that would have wanted to associate with him is other tax collectors. <laughs> So he invites all these tax collectors with him to have this party with Jesus and his disciples. So this might have been a really, really big party that uh, Levi was having. And if Levi was very rich, then maybe his home was very big and um, was able to hold a lot of people. And uh, maybe it had an outer courtyard even that people could come and practically have picnics in the backyard. Because I think I talked about that. I, that might have been a while ago that I said that um, it was a little different back then in Jesus's time where people would sometimes like go and have like dinner in somebody's backyard or in the courtroom or I'm sorry, not the courtroom, but the outer courtyard of somebody's home so that they could all just have conversation together. There was much less of a space bubble back then, it seems like, and people were much more willing to uh, go and feast with their neighbors, basically. So it says here in verse 16 that Pharisees and scribes are passing by Matthew's home and seeing Jesus eating with all these different tax collectors. Now, the Pharisees hated tax collectors. Pharisees absolutely despised them. And I think, I can't remember who it was. It might have been the Herodian. No, I think think the Sadducees, don't quote me on this, and I probably shouldn't be saying it if I'm not actually 100% positive on it, but I think the Sadducees were the ones that did kind of want uh, some sort of um, a relationship with Rome in some way, so they may not have hated uh, the tax collectors as much, but Pharisees hated tax collectors, okay? They didn't want anything to do with Rome. Pharisees were huge anti-Rome kind of people. So they see, uh, the Pharisees see Jesus sitting down and eating and enjoying himself with these tax collectors and sinners because Jesus might have been uh, teaching with them. He might have been talking with them. And Jesus's purpose for coming down to earth, obviously, was to save people from their sins. He was able to forgive sins and he was the only person able to forgive sins because he was God and he was, uh, he was going to go to the cross for people. So he was able to forgive sins and he was the only one able to forgive sins because he was taking those sins on himself when he goes to, goes to the cross. We just talked about that, um, on Tuesday with the paralytic man that Jesus healed and forgave of his sins. So, uh, it says here that the Pharisees go up to, um, Jesus's disciples. So they don't encounter Jesus. They avoid Jesus and just go to his disciples. And they're like, why is your rabbi eating and drinking with these tax collectors and sinners? And so, so they're all hoity toity. And, uh, it says though, I, I do want to mention what it says here in verse 15 though, that there were many tax collectors there and sinners that followed Jesus. So Jesus was doing something good here. He wasn't just associating, um, you know, with evil people, because it does say in Proverbs that you are not supposed to associate with people who are going to tear you down or to cause you to sin. You're supposed to avoid those kinds of people. Jesus was not doing this, though. He was spreading the word 
to people who needed it, to people who needed forgiveness and understanding of God's word. And it says that because Jesus was ministering in this way to these people by just enjoying a meal with them, that these tax collectors started following him. So Jesus was doing something good here. And the Pharisees were like, Ugh, he's associating with sinners. Like it says, you know, Proverbs says you shouldn't be doing that. And that's very true. I mean, it does say in Proverbs not to associate with um, people who are going to cause you to sin. But of course, Jesus was not doing that. So the Pharisees are twisting here what Jesus is doing. They're twisting everything Jesus is doing by making it look like Jesus is doing something wrong. But Jesus hears what the Pharisees are saying, even though they weren't saying it directly to Jesus, Jesus hears it and he says to them, those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but to sinners to repentance. And so the Pharisees were people who believed that they were righteous. They didn't believe that they needed a Messiah. They didn't believe that they needed Jesus. Even though Jesus was trying to constantly get through to them, every single thing that Jesus does when he encounters the Pharisees, and I never realized this before, but every single thing Jesus does, even though it sounds like he's poking at the Pharisees, he's not necessarily poking at the Pharisees, but more trying to be a testimony to them. Because Jesus had already said that he was trying to be a testimony to the Pharisees and to get them to see the truth. But the Pharisees, the Pharisees had such hard hearts and believed themselves to be so perfect and so righteous. They were so arrogant that they couldn't see that they really needed Jesus. Their arrogance was blinding them to the truth. But obviously these tax collectors that were eating with Jesus did not have that arrogance. They were stripped of that by being excommunicated from their, uh, their, their people. And they didn't have this arrogance. They were open to what Jesus was teaching them. And so Jesus says, I have come to call people who are sick that know that they need a doctor, that know that they need to go see a doctor. I am the, Jesus says, I am the physician. So he says, I have come to call on those who are sick, not people who basically believe that they're righteous and don't need to go see a doctor. And even though they may need a doctor, they, they don't want to see one. He says, I have not call, come to call those people, but to call the ones who are sick, like these tax collectors he was eating with. He says, these are the people that he is calling to forgiveness. And so after this, it says that uh, in verse 17, after this whole dinner party, I, I, it might have been at the same time, but it says that um, in verse, eight, I'm sorry, verse 18, it says that the Pharisees and John's disciples, so you remember John the Baptist, he was already in prison at this point, but he still had a lot of disciples. He was, he was a famous man as well, a famous preacher, and he had many disciples that followed after him. So John's disciples were fasting, and so were the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were huge about fasting. They would fast uh, multiple times a week and <laughs> they would fast and, uh, you know, make themselves look all sick and, you know, they would go around and be like, Oh, I'm fasting and make people think that they're righteous. And Jesus calls them out on that later on. But, <laughs> but anyway, the Pharisees were fasting and so were John's disciples. They placed great importance on fasting because, um, you know, fasting was, I mean, there's many reasons to fast, but they place great importance on fasting. But Jesus here is not saying that you shouldn't fast when he says this, but he is rather saying here, look, my disciples right now have me, you know, they have me. But when I go to the cross, when I ascend up into heaven, they will have time for fasting then. 
So he calls his disciples the groomsmen. And he says, can the groomsmen fast while the bridegroom is with them? So he's calling himself the husband. And, and Jesus many times refers to himself as a husband throughout the scriptures. And he calls himself the husband. He says, my disciples, the groomsmen, can they why would they fast when I am with them? He says, as long as they have the bridegroom with them, they they shouldn't, they can't fast. He says, but someday I will be gone. I will be ascended up to heaven. And at that time they can fast. But right here, he says something kind of perplexing that for a long time, I really didn't understand what this meant. And when I said at the beginning of this episode that I have a new understanding a little bit of what Jesus means here, I'm kind of excited about that. So it says here in verse 21 and verse 22, it's kind of the same analogy that Jesus says. He says, no one puts a a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment because the patch will tear away from the continually shrinking old garment. I mean, you see that. You see, like, if you look at a really old piece of uh, uh, clothing, you'll see that it starts getting thin over time, right? The the fabric starts getting thin and it might get holes and shrink away from itself. So if you put like a brand new unshrunk patch over that, it would just make it worse because the material underneath would just continually shrink and shrink and shrink and it would tear away from that nice brand new patch. So you have to do stuff to make sure that the patch, uh, you know, covers the material in the right way. And so Jesus is saying here with this analogy and same with the next analogy with the wine in old wineskins, you know, you don't put new wine into old wineskins because the old cruddy wineskins might burst and then all that nice brand new wine would just pour out everywhere. So Jesus is basically saying here that he is about to give people a new covenant. Right now, the people are still living under the old covenant with Abraham that we talked about back in Genesis, where God made a covenant with his people. And that includes the Levitical law and uh, different things that God put in place, including circumcision and, and stuff like that. So Jesus is saying, I'm about to give you guys something new. You know, you, you guys are going to get a new covenant through me. And that's what happen, happens when Jesus has the Passover dinner with his disciples. He gives them a brand new covenant saying that now the shedding of my blood is the new covenant. And he gives them the Passover meal with the wine being his blood, symbolizing his blood, and the, um, the bread symbolizing his body. And he tells people that this is the new covenant. And that's why we take communion to this day, is to remember Jesus. That's why we do the communion. So Jesus is just saying here to the people asking him this question, why don't your disciples fast? He's saying new things are coming. You know, new things are going to come with the covenant that I'm about to make with my people. So friends, this was Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, and I hope you're enjoying this series from Mark. I certainly am. I just love talking about the Bible over a nice cup of coffee here. (laughs) I love coffee. I could drink it all day. But I'm having just a blast talking about Mark. And uh, I, I enjoyed Matthew as well, but Mark is really, really fun for me. I love it because... It just jumps around so much. There's so much content and um, it's very dense with content. I love it. 
But friends, join me on Tuesday and we will discuss the end of this chapter and then we will move on to Mark chapter 3. I'm going to have some awesome guests in the next couple weeks that I'm very excited about and I hope you guys continue to tune in to P40 Ministries daily on weekdays. But friends, you know that I don't do an episode on Saturdays and Sundays. So definitely go to my website www.p40ministries.com and take a look at the blog that I have there and different resources and uh, the books that I have published and um, written. And that would be some awesome content for you guys to do over the weekend so that you continually have that awesome Bible reading routine in your life, even during the weekends. But friends and faithful listeners, I've got nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless.